This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello, and welcome to Saver, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about macarons. Macarons, which I definitely mispronounced. Again, I took French for over a decade, I think. I mispronounced it for years. <laughs> Much Americanized uh, pronunciations of it have occurred. Yeah, I'm probably over overdoing the French when I try to say it with a French accent. Mm. I should probably just default back to like macaron. Yeah, like, macaron. <laughs> That's yeah. how it is. No, you need to go over the top French macaron like that. <laughs> <laughs> and now all of our French listeners have clicked off. And are starting the angry emails. (laughs) (laughs) Try our best. (laughs) We do. We do. Also, I like it's I think we've mentioned on the show before. Maybe maybe we haven't that. Yeah. Like every time we have an episode that's full of of a lot of French words or names, um, we wind up at some point like shaking our fist in the air and going French. Um, Yes. And that is a true story. And furthermore, Annie, I, I, I need to update you. I was having, um, I was in a production meeting with uh, <laughs> with uh, with Holly Fry, um, who has some friends and family who are French, and um, and oh gosh, what was it that I was? I don't, I don't remember the specific word. It was another food term because, of course, it was something from from our show. But um, but there was some word that I said, and I was like, Holly, like, I don't know if I'm saying this right. Do you know if I'm saying this right? How do you say this? And she was like, I don't know, but I will ask. And I got this, and I got this email back, like, on a weekend a couple days later. Like, well, I asked my French friends, and they say that you are supposed to pronounce that end. I think it's an end T. Um, oh, you are yeah, supposed I to pronounce yeah. the the T at the end, but you're supposed to say it so that no one can hear it. Yeah, <laughs> it's for all for you. <laughs> <laughs> French is a very rewarding language. <laughs> French. <laughs> oh yeah, and you know what? The same could be said about macaron because <laughs> I uh, went through a phase. Uh, pretty soon after I started interning at How Stuff Works, where I wanted to bake like everything, I didn't want to do same recipe ever, and I wanted to keep trying oh, new things. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. 
And I got it in my head because this was around the time I found out what macaron were because I'd never heard of them before. Uh, so I think it's like 2011, 2012. And so I was like, I'm going to try. I've heard horror stories, but I don't care. I'm Annie <laughs> Reese, and I won't be stopped. And I uh, got like a scale. I did the whole thing. And uh, it's one of like three things that like totally, I won't say it totally failed because they actually tasted like macaron. They tasted good, but they like collapsed as though I had reached out and touched a skeleton and it just turned to dust. Oh, like like they were like they were uh, in, in an Indiana Jones movie, and they yes, just, you know, yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, they were like they looked perfect when I first took them out, but when I went to pick one up, it was oh, just like <laughs> I blame the humidity. I blame the humidity, <laughs> and I'm standing by that. <laughs> oh heck, uh, yeah. To be honest, like I, I I love baking and I love new challenges and like I dare not attempt this. I don't have it in me right now. I I need to set aside a, a, a period of time when I'm feeling like like I've had like a lot of wins, you know, mm-hmm, and I like yeah. need to like knock myself back down a few oh, notches. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or catapult myself into like total intolerability. Um, oh, oh, if you succeed. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm. Because I, they, they, they seem, they seem very complicated. Um, I always have kind of janky ovens in my life, and mm-hmm. um, you know, like I don't know, like I have friends who make them, and but I just assume that they're wizards. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, also, I will say that the blogosphere, um, back when the blogosphere was still really a thing, um, <laughs> the term for failed macarons was uh was macarongs. Oh. Which, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I mean, that. I guess that's what it was. I actually, looking back on my experience, I'm pretty proud of it because I got close. I think <laughs> I got really close. <laughs> but that's yeah. good enough for me. Um, oh, yeah. One hey. and done. <laughs> and flavor, hey, it's always, it's always most important how it tastes. They really did taste good. Um, we, I was thinking we had that when we were at that Boudin Festival in New Orleans— all the way at the top of the stairs, there was a booth that had macaron. And I got one that was like maple bourbon bacon. Ooh, and it had a pipette oh. and you like injected it with something. I don't know. It okay. was good. <laughs> oh, I believe you. I'm not sure if I had. I, I think I was. Oh, that was a weird day. Yeah. I mm-hmm. don't think I tried to eat that many desserts because I was like, I am already going to make myself pretty yeah. ill with alcohol and I don't think that adding sugar on top of that is a really good plan no it was definitely at the very back it was like the last thing we were doing oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. but it was good <laughs> <laughs> oh it sounds delicious um, also drink responsibly folks um, yes. also also macaron day is uh, March 20th so oh. we are completely out of season for that one <laughs> well you know sometimes you just gotta it's the savor Savor way. Every now and then we <laughs> accidentally do something that's timely, but it's yeah. rare. Super rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess all of this uh, brings us to our question. Yes. Macaron. What are they? Well, uh, macaron are a type of flourless meringue cookie made with a fine ground almonds. These days typically served sandwiched with, with a thin layer of some kind of filling. Um, they are not a macaroon. Um, although they're apparently related, I never knew this. This is very exciting. Cannot wait for the history section. Anyway, a uh, macaroon in the United States generally refers to a, um, a sort of denser flourless cookie um, made with a shredded coconut. And there's an extra O in the in the Oon there. Oh, and the oon. Mm -hmm. That's what I like to Mm -hmm. say. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And okay, so so to to, to understand what this cookie is, um, let's talk about how you make them hypothetically uh, and and the structures that get formed as you're doing that. Because uh, in your your average wheat flour cookie, um, the structure of the cookie, you know, like it's chew and puff and crisp and whatever ratios you're you're going for, um, that structure comes from interactions that you introduce among butter, sugar, eggs, and flour. But meringues are basically just egg whites and sugar, um, sometimes buffed up by something like wheat flour or, in this case, almond flour. Yeah. 
And this is one of the treatments of eggs that shows you just how fascinating they really are. So the the primary protein in egg whites is this uh, ball-shaped protein called ovalbumin. And when it's just hanging out in an egg, it's not really interacting that much with its with its fellow protein molecules. It's just slipping by them, uh, forming that, you know, goopy, watery liquid that egg whites are. Um, to make a meringue, you have to convince those ovalbumin molecules to form up with each other into a structure, which is pretty easy to do, really. Um, you just beat the egg whites. And that physical force denatures the proteins, um, uh, meaning that they unfold, um, presenting these uh, positively and negatively charged ends, um, which will then bond up with each other in a structure, uh, trapping molecules of water and air in among them. So uh, so the egg whites go from, from this goopy, clear liquid to a soft, opaque white foam um, that forms uh, the, these little peaks that will then kind of melt back down into the mass uh, or, or, or sink back down into the mass, rather. And at that point, you, you, you want to you wanna bore up that, that structure into something uh, stiffer using granulated sugar. And you beat that sugar in until stiff, shiny peaks have formed. Um, the, the sugar molecules work a little bit like a, like a glue, just kind of bonding everything together. And that is a meringue. Um, if, if you Now, a few things can go wrong here. Um, and it may have to do with what happened to, to your macarons. Um, <laughs> it's accurate, but all. <laughs> Um, so, so if you overbeat egg whites, um, the, those proteins that have, have formed these, these bonds will keep on forming bonds to the point that they'll start to force water molecules out, and, um, and that leads to the whites breaking. Or if you don't take it quite that far, but you take it like a little bit too far, cracks will form in your cookies while they're baking. Um, fat also will destabilize meringue. So you've got to make sure that your bowls and your utensils are super clean. Oh, yeah. No leftover grease. Yeah. I remember that. It's like, what? Yeah. yeah, it'll just make them all <laughs> slippy again. You don't want them to be slippy. You want them to be structured. You know, that was my first time making meringue. And I remember reading the instructions and being like, this doesn't sound real. <laughs> Tell me I'm going to see like mountains in this goo. Yeah, yeah, because it goes from goo to to like a like a four times expansion. Of yeah, this, like yeah, this foamy foam foam, and you're just like, what? <laughs> Pretty mm-hmm. much <laughs> the incredible edible egg, y'all. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so to um to to make a meringue into macaron batter, and there is a word for this in French, and I don't remember what it is. It's macaron with extra syllables. Anyway, um, yeah, so, so you, you take your meringue and you carefully and gently fold in a mixture of almond flour and powdered sugar, um, making sure to preserve a lot of the structure of, of that egg white foam. Um, and if you've, never, if you've never seen folding in action, um, it's, uh, it's, it's sort of like, oh gosh, like, okay, so, so in order to, to do a folding, um, you kind of, kind of sprinkle your, 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 dry ingredients over the wet ingredients and then you take your spatula and um and stick it b- blade a uh, thin side in straight into the center of of your mixture and then you scrape the bottom of the bowl and pull up a, a layer of the of the stuff on the bottom and kind of fold it over the top of the rest of the bowl like um like you're making a bed or or doing a comb over <laughs> And then you keep doing that. You keep uh, going down into the center and scraping the bottom and combing it back over the top of the bowl. And eventually, this will all incorporate into a um, like a glossy, flowing, and slightly deflated mixture. And then you pipe that o- onto a pan in little rounds, and you allow them to dry for like 15 minutes or so, just sitting out in the air, because that forms a skin on the top of the cookies so that when they're in the oven, steam won't try to rise out of the tops and crack the tops. You want them to be nice and smooth. Um, it'll be forced to escape from the bottom instead. And that's what gives the baked cookies uh, A, rise, um, but B, also what creates the little like ridge of bubbles around the flat side of a macaron shell, mm-hmm. um, which is the side that touches the pan while it's baking. 
So yeah, you bake them and and then cool them and then, you know, pipe in a little bit of, or spread in a little bit of ganache or buttercream or jam, create a sandwich, and then chill them to allow all of those flavors to kind of meld and everything to set up. And the result is going to be, if you have done this correctly, um, a chewy cookie with this crisp outer shell that also melts in your mouth and, and has this like gentle almond cherry kind of flavor. And then with a burst of flavor and creamy texture from whatever filling you use. Uh, so delightful. Um, the cookies are often colored with food coloring, all kinds of bright or pretty pastel shades. Um, the flavor possibilities are endless, 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 endless. Uh, you know, sweet or savory, uh, the florals, the teas, fruits, chocolate, foie gras, I, you know, mm-hmm. whatever you want. Yeah. I think we talked about a gold one in our edible no. gold episode. Oh, I'm sure we did. Sure. Uh, that, it's it's a food so ready to add some <laughs> edible gold to it. <laughs> yeah, they're already kind of schmancy looking, so... I have to say, I know this isn't, but this whole thing has felt like a personal attack on me um, <laughs> and my failure. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Annie. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. It's all warranted. But uh, I, I'm feeling a little like I got to go redeem myself or something. I got to get it, that it, Rocky music playing. Oh, I can't oh, do it in yeah. this apartment, though. No way. Mm-mm. Oh, no, no, no. And, no. and and that's the thing. Like, I mean, like, if you're like, like you can do all of the uh, all of the beating and mixing and stuff perfectly. But then if your oven um, cycles too hot or too cold or uh, never gets hot enough or gets too hot or if there's too much humidity in your apartment or whatever mm. it is that it is like it can be completely beyond your control. That's I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I'm sticking to humidity. <laughs> it's very humid around these parts. It is. It is. And sugar m- melts in water. And humidity is air water. So. Ugh. Oof. It is. Well, <laughs> let's say you're not like me and you've managed to get your hands <laughs> on a successfully made macaron. What about the nutrition? Uh, you know, they're... They're pretty low in calories, I guess. Like for a single serving, it's it's a little bit under 100 calories. But most of that is sugar. It's like 17 grams of sugar, which is kind of a lot of sugar. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, and <laughs> Annie just made the shocked face over <laughs> Like the, the emoji shocked face. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, there's like a little bit of fat and protein in there from the egg. But it, it's a, I, I would classify it solidly as a, as a treat. Yeah, it's funny, uh, and we're going to talk about this more in a little bit, but it was funny to me how many people were like, uh, it's a less guilty or permissible dessert is what they were calling it. And I was like, sure, because you could just have one. But I feel (laughs) (laughs) that that's not usually the case. Maybe that's just me and my friends. Uh, I get sugared out after like about two, about two in yeah. and I'm like, this is more macaron than I intended to eat mm. and I'm going to stop now. Um, yeah, they are very, very sweet. But I have a, yeah, I have like kind of a low tolerance for sugar, so. I feel like I use it two and through, but I, feel, I still think a lot of the stories I was reading was saying one, like, well, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. Like they're they're technically kind of low fat and they're gluten free. Yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so we do have some numbers for you. Oh gosh, we do. Huh. Yeah, well, and this really cracked me up because the macaron is often compared to the cupcake, mm-hmm. and after the the tragic fall of the cupcake, and you can see our <laughs> cupcake episode for more on that. Uh, the macaron stepped in to fill that vacuum as the it dessert. Um, oh yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was even called the new cupcake. Over 70 times in various outlets by mid-2014. Um, and that that was a big year for macarons. Uh, someone over at Whole Foods Bakery Team, the Whole Foods Bakery Team, reported a growth of 40% in sales of macarons in 2014. Ooh, gosh, yeah. yep. Um, Google searches in the U.S. reached their height in 2012. In the decade from 2010 to 2020, the macarons market penetration increased by 13 times. Huh. Well, yeah. Uh, and each year, 
Americans spend somewhere around $33 billion on ready-to-eat desserts. The whole dessert market is staggeringly bigger than that, but... um, (laughs) Yes. On ready-to-eat desserts, $33 billion. Pastries are one of the most popular of those ready-to-eat desserts, and macarons are generally uh, categorized under that. And they account for um, pastries... Uh, account for the sales of $14.3 billion. Hmm. And sales are going up. By 2022, that number is estimated to reach $17.2 billion. Uh, The average American in 2020 is expected to spend about $50 on pastries. Hmm. Now, I was curious about that because I believe this was compiled, this market report was compiled in 2019. I'm like, well, there's a pandemic now. So how is that going to affect so, that? So is it going way up because right. we're stressed and we want pastries? Or is it going down because it's not a food we're, you don't have room yeah, to pay we're for? We're unemployed. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. The hmm. pastry market questions. I, 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 need the, I need the think piece on what COVID-19 has done to the macaron market, for sure. I, I do, too. I was looking for it, but I didn't find it. <laughs> uh, group holder, owner of French macaron powerhouses, La Durée, Chateau Blanc, and Paul, reports a yearly revenue of about $1 billion. What? Yep. And they estimate about 60% of that is due to sales of macarons. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a macaron empire, I'm telling you. Okay. Yeah, they, they do ship all over the world. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All uh, right. L- yeah, Lauderay invested 80 million euros, 80 million euros into automating macaron, capable of producing 300,000 an hour compared to about 3,000 per day of a small-scale bakery. Uh, and one of the spokespeople over there uh, said, instead of freezing their macarons. They like to call it hibernation. Which <laughs> <laughs> <Should> I like. <laughs> um, another big name in macarons, Pierre Hermé, claims that any chef who says they don't freeze their macarons is a liar. Oh, wow. I okay. know. Dang. Sheesh. And there's a museum. At least one museum. If anyone's ever been, oh, please. 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 Let us know. Pictures. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And a part of the appeal of the macaron does have to do with the fact that it's a dessert, but yes, it can be advertised under these things as like dairy-free or uh, gluten-free, relatively low-calorie, while at the same time being seen as a bit of a luxury. They're also pretty, which is a big mm-hmm. plus during these are times of Instagram and social <laughs> media. Uh, yeah. And they're portable and convenient. And I even read a whole article where... Uh, this is one thing millennials aren't killing. Oh. Yes. Well, well, we're just choosy. <laughs> it's like the list of what we've destroyed is miles long. <laughs> what we haven't destroyed is macaron. <laughs> this is like this is like how the only non-aphrodisiac is lettuce. Yes. <laughs> and even lettuce was sometimes an aphrodisiac. Was sometimes, yeah. So, you know. Huh. Hmm. Huh, indeed. Well, uh, you know, we we do have the history of how all of this happened, um, how, how, how it grew to be the kind of pastry that might be ripe for millennial killing, but has not been. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but first, we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga! How about a garden tour? Apple Park! Give me a dolphin. 
What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So the history on this one gets very, very messy and complicated, just like my attempt at baking them. Oh, oh, self-burn. Uh, <laughs> and um, the history of cookies goes back much further than, than where we're going to start here today. But, um, well, I don't mm-hmm. know about much further, but further. Uh, just put that out there. Uh, and also, yes, the macaroon and macaron have a surprisingly complex uh, history together. And tied, yeah. Um, uh, ma- macaroons will have to be a different episode. Oh, absolutely. But, um, but we're going to touch a lot on it here. Yes. So, some recountings place the macarons' beginnings all the way back to 827 CE, when arriving Arab troops from modern-day Tunisia set up an emirate in Sicily. They brought with them many of their technologies and foods, including some dough-wrapped almond-paste cookies. These cookies were definitely not the first of their kind. Others similar to them had been consumed at celebrations for the Zoroastrian New Year centuries prior, going way back. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Over the decades and centuries after their arrival in Sicily, these desserts evolved into a handful of other almond-based treats like marzipan, which probably would have been said differently back then, but essentially (laughs) what is we think of modern-day marzipan. Um, At the same time, Sicily was making advancements in another popular food item in that region, pasta. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Almond-based desserts and pastas often merged and influenced each other in Sicily. A lot of pasta recipes from that time had versions both savory and sweet. And pastas made from almond could be eaten during Lent. So that was a big plus. Mm. Uh, The predecessor to the calzone, calzone, was popularly made with either cheese or almond. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Early versions of these uh, cookies made in Venetian monasteries may have been called priest belly buttons or monk's belly buttons. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, straight to the point. Why not? Sure. Why not? The Sicilian word macaroni first used to refer to two similarly sweet, doughy, pasta-like foods originated in 1279 and was either derived from Arabic or Italian. And eventually led to the words macaroni, macaroon, and yes, macaron. All right. (laughs) Yes. More on that in a second. Some of these earliest recipes for macaroni, uh, a 1350 recipe described a butter and cheese dumpling made by hand, and a 15th century one called for egg, rose, and water, and white flour-based pasta, uh, also with butter and cheese. They, yeah, they were like these pasta kind of hybrids. for the word that would eventually become a basis for macaron. So uh, by the 1500s, almond-based cookies from Sicily had made it to the rest of Italy and to Spain, France, and England. A 1522 manifest of desserts included the word macaron, 
Macaroon appeared in English soon after, replacing the French suffix en with un, which was a fairly common thing that happened at the time. Hmm. Yes. Uh, the cookie possibly came to France in 1533 with Catherine de Medici and her pastry chefs, who may or may not have made and <laughs> sold them. <laughs> And meanwhile, meringue was developed, probably in the 1600s, and possibly in the Swiss town of Meiringen. Meringue, Meiringen. (laughs) Makes sense. Makes sense. Sure. Sure. Uh, That's all you need. If if I ever in doubt, if a food has a similar name to a place, that's where it came from. That's definitely, absolutely where it came from. Uh, No need to investigate historically any further. That is the law of food history. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The first known recorded recipe for macarons appeared in a cookbook. Uh, Martha Washington, yes, that one, her family brought over. Yeah, with them uh, to North America. The Book of Cookery, which was most likely also compiled in the 1600s. Um, It called for taking a bunch of almonds, blanching them and beating them with rose water. You add a lot of sugar, egg whites, more rose water, some other stuff. Bake them up in an oven hot enough for manchette, which is a fine French bread. Hmm. Uh, I love reading old-timey recipes because I'm like, ooh, what does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it seems like, you know, like how you give directions sometimes where you're like, you go to the blue house, you'll see it, you can't miss it, you take a right... <laughs> It's like that, kind of vague, but I guess people understood it at the time. I think that most of the time cookbooks from from that era weren't, were just kind of reminders of how to go about a thing. Yeah, Uh not a literal recipe that you would just be like, what does this look like at the end? Right. (laughs) Well, I very much uh, appreciate reading them and trying to figure (laughs) out what in the world (laughs) is going on. At this point... Modern French cuisine was really starting to take off, too. Uh, Francois-Pierre de la Varenne's 1652 edition of The French Cook included a recipe closer to our modern-day macarons, uh, replacing Arab ingredients like rose water with something more French. Uh, I remember specifically, like, more egg whites instead of the rose water uh, in some instances. Several similar recipes popped up throughout France, and by the 18th century, French convents were specializing in macarons, and they were commercialized as women left those convents and opened their own shops. Probably the most famous example, uh, two women in 1792 uh, who went on to become known as the Macaron Sisters. Uh, They were seeking asylum during the French Revolution, and they paid for their keep by selling these treats made out of egg whites, ground almonds, and sugar. And they were incredibly popular, and they kept the recipe a secret. To this day, you can get these, and no one knows except whoever's making them. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if it's still nuns. Probably not. Probably Hmm, not. Probably not. Well, listeners, if you know, write in. (laughs) Yes. So this means... All of this means that the Sicilian Uh word macaroni referred to two very different foods by the 17th century. One a dessert and one a pasta. Uh, As late as 1900, though, on the other side, macaron and macaroon described pretty much the same thing. Um, Hmm. Which from La Russe Gastronomique, quote, a small round biscuit, cookie, crunchy outside and soft inside, made with ground almonds, sugar, and egg whites. This didn't change until an 1800s American trend around coconut imported from India, and it, coconut was all the rage. All mm-hmm. all sorts of desserts incorporated this ingredient. Uh, pies and custards. Ambrosia. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> and yes, coconut macaroons. The 1871 Jewish cookery book by Esther Levi came with a recipe for macaroons that swapped out the almonds and macarons for shredded coconut to be baked in a, quote, Gentle oven. Again, I love this. Um, (laughs) These recipes were common throughout America by the 1890s and were particularly popular at Passover. Uh, Yeah, because they're flourless. So, yes, you don't have to worry about the whole passage thing. Right, 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 right. By the 1930s, a handful of matzah companies were selling commercialized macaroons of both almond and coconut varieties. Uh, But note, yes, uh, this is not when macaroons were invented. Um, Just when they were popularized and this name thing, this kind of strange divergence of the name uh, happened, 
macaroon future episode, the history, I actually got really confused because the history of oh. macaroons goes pretty much as far back as the history of macarons, and they're very, like, intertwined throughout. Um, so keeping all of that straight. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, but I but I love that. I, I love that, uh, that, that anyone who has ever been confused by that, you are so validated. Yes. <laughs> history is very also confused about it. Yes, I, I do feel validated. <laughs> <laughs> Simultaneously, as all of that was happening, macarons were also evolving. Macarons at the time were typically purchased in pairs, uh, placed flat against each other, like a sandwich. So much like a sandwich that a French baker, uh, and several take credit for this, hmm. yes, including Pierre de Fontaine and Claude Gerbet, got the idea of adding a filling to the two cookies. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this filling was either an almond paste or ganache. Called le macaron parisien or le macaron gerbet, these sandwich-style macarons spread quickly, pretty quickly. Uh, both uh, styles of macarons are still popular in France, uh, like getting the single cookie um, mm-hmm. or getting the sandwich. While in the U.S., macaron typically refers pretty much exclusively to the sandwich kind. Uh, yeah. Oh, and then macaroni, of course, refers to the elbow-shaped pasta, which comes from that whole pasta uh, aspect of this word. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. A lot of etymological confusion in this one. De Fontaine's cousin worked at Parisian bakery La Durée, uh, and he was a big part of popularizing macarons parisienne, uh, as well as innovating with colors and flavors. And this bakery is still around and still a huge deal. Um, they have things like seasonal flavors, and they advertise in French editions of magazines like Vogue and Elle, like next to fancy watches and purses and yeah, stuff. <laughs> it's a whole big deal. But until recently, like until like the 1980s, uh, flavors were fairly standard, like like just like vanilla, chocolate, coffee, and raspberry. Um, and and what changed is that in the 1980s, this uh, Parisian patisserie uh, called, oh, how would you say that, Annie? Pochon. Pochon. Mm-hmm. Um, they started offering more innovative things, like a, like like olive oil-flavored macaron. And um, and a throwback to uh, to previous times, rose-flavored macaron. Oh, no, I see what they did there. I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2006, Sofia Coppola's film Marie Antoinette... Yes, uh, I haven't seen this, but okay. They It featured pyramids of macarons. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the popularity of macarons skyrocketed in places like North America, Japan, South Korea, and China. After that, uh, some people attribute it to the movie. I'm sure it's not all because of the movie. But um, I think the movie helped. I, yeah. I would agree with that point. I would certainly agree with that. Um, and I I remember like 2011-ish is when I was like, oh, this is a whole thing happening here with the mackerel. Yeah. I don't think I knew what one was before that. Huh. I, oh, I can't remember when I would have first become familiar with them. Um, uh, having having a father who was a chef and and had done some time in uh, in French cooking. Yeah, like, I don't know. But 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 at any rate, um yeah, when when uh Marie Antoinette came out, uh, Lottere created a rose and anise flavor for the film. And uh that's not the only thing they've appeared in by far. Uh macarons have also been in things like Gilmore Girls, uh The Great Gatsby, Pharrell released two limited editions of macaron, uh cola and peanut butter. <laughs> Now, some places reported, and I couldn't find this. I'm sure if I had, like, more time to Google, the the answer is out there. But some people reported that they were one flavor, cola, and peanut butter. While others said two flavors, cola, peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, if anyone knows the answer to this very important question, (laughs) please. Uh, Oh, I love this. McDonald's. McDonald's and McCafés in France started selling macaron in 2007. Um, Starbucks followed soon after, and Pochon uh, responded with a seasonal flavor of, quote, ketchup with pickle. (laughs) Burn, I love it. Oh, snap. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Um, Hisako Ogita's book, I Love Macaron, came out in 2009. That same year, two French expats opened Le Macaron in the United States. And by 2018, they were selling an annual $11 million in sales. Hmm. Yeah. And recently, they introduced a mobile uh, food cart, macaron food cart. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, these days, there is a big push for vegan macaron. Uh, and also a lot of focus on packaging, making it more uh, environmentally friendly. And yeah, while the trend may have died down, uh, macaron is still going strong. They haven't experienced the same kind of cataclysmic uh, loss of interest like cupcakes did. R.I.P. cupcakes. I've never given you up, cupcakes. I still love you. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, unlike many cupcake restaurants, uh, cupcake uh, bakeries that just completely folded. Um, I I don't know. Yeah, you you still definitely see a macaron out there. You do. In fact, in our very office building, which we have not been into in months and months, Mm -hmm. there was a macaron place. They might have also had cupcakes. I don't remember. It was a full, it was a full on French patisserie. Um, so they they had a, a, a number of things, but I would walk past that case and and they're and they are so pretty and like mm-hmm. so colorful and so small and you're like oh man like I I could spend three dollars on a cookie right now, um, <laughs> or however much it was and yeah um, I think I think I did buckle and buy a few one day. Yeah, I definitely bought some. I did like a tour of our our office, all the food in our office once with a friend, and we just got a bunch <laughs> of random stuff. And I know macaron were there. <laughs> oh, that's there delightful. is something about them that they're so pretty, and I don't know. And you, it's not like you, oh well, in my case, I don't get them hardly ever. So when I do, it just is ooh, what a little delight. <laughs> yeah, they're just so airy, but also crispy, but also chewy, and then they're melty, and they're so flavorful. Oh, they're nice. Mm-hmm. They're just nice. I just like them. Me too. Me too. That's what we have to say about the macaron. (laughs) That is. Mm -hmm. Um, And we do have some listener mail for you. We do. But first, we have a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener mail. Airy and delightful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody wrote, I recently listened to your episode on the ice cream man and their jingles, which was very reminiscent of what I grew up with as a kid. However, when I moved to Omaha as an adult, I started hearing this bell chiming every evening around the same time in my neighborhood. I thought maybe it was a factory letting out nearby. Then one day I saw an ice cream van driving that was making the noise. My then-girlfriend, now-wife, said, Oh, look, that's the ding-ding man. After doing more research, I found out that's what everyone in Omaha calls these little vans driving around, dinging their bells. (laughs) There is no such thing as the ice cream man. I don't know how widespread this regionalism is, but I found it kind of adorable. (laughs) That's amazing. I've never heard of that. I love love that. Oh, that's so great. The ding-ding man. Could also be scary. But... In this context, it's great. Yes. And if, if anyone else has a regionalism or knows more about this regionalism, please write in. I would love to find out that, that the ice cream man goes by various epithets. Many names. Yeah. Yes. Like like Santa Claus, you know. I go by many names. <laughs> yes. Uh, Rose wrote, enjoyed your episode on ice cream trucks, and it brought back one of my favorite mom stories. When I was home on maternity leave with my second child, we had an ice cream truck that came by every day and stopped at the house across the street. Four kids lived there. Keep in mind, this means we couldn't see the side of the truck with the window where the ice cream was purchased and handed out, important for later. Every parent knows that limiting the amount of ice cream eaten by a child can be an ongoing challenge, and with a daily visit of the ice cream truck could quickly lead to tears when you can't buy from the fun ice cream truck. Add to that the fact that when you have a new baby at home, you are just so very, very tired all the time, and perhaps not on top of your mommy game— So when my two-and-a-half-year-old asked mom, what is that truck as it stopped across the street? Yes, it did have pictures of ice cream all over it, but uh, clearly that wasn't a clue to her. I heard myself say, that is the music truck. It drives around and plays music so people can dance and be happy. This led to weeks of going out front when the ice cream truck came by for my daughter to dance in the driveway while the other neighborhood kids purchased and ate ice cream. Yes, I did feel guilty about my lie some days, but she was happy until the day she was playing with the five-year-old who lived next door, and we heard the music announcing the truck was coming. My daughter says, oh, the music truck is coming. Let's go dance. The neighbor child gives her a strange look and says, it is the ice cream truck. Don't you want ice cream? (laughs) The look on my daughter's face was priceless as she turned to me and said, mommy? (laughs) Cover blown and not willing to admit my little lie, I say, well, yes, I do think some music trucks sell ice cream. Why don't we go see about this one? And then I had to do some actual parenting, explaining that we can't buy ice cream every day. It is a sometimes treat, etc. She still can't believe I told her that lie. But it was a glorious couple of weeks of dancing in the driveway to the music of the music truck with no discussions of ice cream buying. And a mom has got to do what a mom has got to do. (laughs) Bonus note, without any words, lies, encouragement on my part, um, at the same age, she also loved to go out to the driveway and wave, dance, and smile at the garbage men as they did their route. I'm sure it made their day, and I took her out whenever she heard the truck and asked, but I have no idea where she got that idea, and I always felt a bit awkward as she encouraged me to dance and wave at the garbage bin, too. (laughs) That's beautiful. She sounds awesome. Uh, That's so great. Uh, All all around, all around. I think no one can blame you. (laughs) No. No. I mean, reading this, I never really considered how... Uh, frustrating that might be for parents. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not today. 
<laughs> Not today. You can't have more ice cream today. <laughs> yeah. No, that is all around completely solid. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a nice little workout. Fun times were had. Yeah. yeah. Delightful. Delightful. <laughs> like an occasional ice cream cone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, thanks so much to both of them for writing. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.